Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Joey. Hi. And Ross. Hi, Mike. And, oh, and Tom is gone again. So another trip this time he's, wait. Yeah. He was in Australia. Anyways, he's globetrotting. We'll see him in a few weeks. But until then, I have an episode which I really wish he was here for. Mm -hmm. And I still have to get his feedback. But I am writing an article about documentation and and basically the idea of making learning visible and we'll talk about what we think that might mean but i think tom's really good at it except the articles do before tom's back so Mm -hmm. (laughs) here i am again my writing process starts with talking Uh, as it should (laughs) so the way i went about this so far i found out about this two days ago but yesterday i talked to a high school teacher who does it's basically my child's high school so i think i've talked about it's project based and in a way the children kind of when they present their projects they're essentially showing you the documentation so it's different than early childhood in that it's the youth doing it not the teacher necessarily Mm -hmm. but the, the teacher they call themselves advisors are kind of helping the child through it but i wanted to ask him what he thought about making learning visible and he talked about learning as performance that he said that he thinks that teens are going through this time when they're trying to figure out who they are. So it's identity is their main stage. And I, I'm sure he was mm-hmm. using Erickson um, when he talked about that. So he was just talking about they're getting influences from society externally. They're getting influences from their hormone changes internally. And they're trying to figure out, so who am I with these different forces? Mm-hmm. And so the learning, therefore, is stuff that happens outside of school, stuff that happens between classes. In this particular school, some children don't even take classes. They're just working on projects. So it's trying to figure out a way to let those students bring that. So, And the way I'll say it is that if a child's doing something outside of school, they're encouraged to make that a project that they bring kind of into school, too. Mm. So um, for my child, it was growing mushrooms this summer um, and figuring out a way to use that towards biology credits and things. But what I found interesting was he was really focusing on Erickson's stage of identity. And I think about the children that I work with, there's toddlers. So in Erickson's scheme, it would be, most of them would be working on autonomy. The idea of, you know, basically saying no. Um, For some, it might be trust. It's usually thought of Mm -hmm. as an infancy thing, but certainly there are kids who are still at that stage for various reasons. And then for preschoolers, it's the idea of initiative. And I didn't get it because it's initiative versus guilt. And I was trying to remember why that was a thing. And then I was thinking about the example of a kid who's into rough and tumble play. They want to act out. This is what they feel like doing and they want to try it. And if they're told that's not acceptable, that's that feeling of guilt. Oh, the things I want to do, those aren't okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so it's initiative versus guilt, but it, that's kind of the stage they're going through. I still think learning is in the performance. Their, their children are performing their learning. So it's mm-hmm. not a finished product that shows what they learned. But what does that mean for preschoolers? <laughs> and so t- talk a little bit more. I mean, yeah. documentation doesn't only cover Erickson's stages. Oh, certainly you're, not. You're yeah. just sort of using this as one way <clears throat> yeah. to say, well, what are, would there be similarities in what you would see if you were to yes. show the learning of a toddler versus right. a preschooler versus a high schooler. That, sure. that this might be one yes. um, 
similarity that you're going to notice. Because I think that's one thing that, yeah. that happens with, with documentation, which is really just showing showing the work. Usually it's more visual than, than a written um, document. You, know, you, you, can, you can write a paragraph about something kids are doing, but documentation tends to also lean heavily on the visuals because pictures speak a thousand words uh, to use that adage but one thing i think does happen when you look at multiple pieces of documentation is you do kind of start to see universals yes Um, yeah whether it's seeing how a toddler is like an adult yeah i mean Mm -hmm. i've looked at documentation and seen toddlers like oh well, they're just having like a conversation, like I would if I was seeing an right. old friend but or it's like meeting sand, somebody putting new. Putting sand in a bucket or something. Right, the way or, they yeah. initiate. Yeah, you know, they're not as verbal, but you can sort of literally see it when you look at yeah, sure. pictures and things like that. But it is sort of interesting when you do see these. Again, I'll just keep these, these universal aspects of human development. I mean, I think, and yeah, that's just one thing. I mean, I mean but on the other <laughs> hand, I think parents, especially preschoolers, uh, they want to know. Well, not all parents, but some parents are yeah. really like. There's that, I don't know, worry in our culture, but is my mm. child learning? Are they going to yes. be ready for school? You know, will they be able to read? Right. And I think being able to show how learning is happening mm-hmm. in what they're doing yes. like, is part of it. And I think that part, so I will be upfront for those listening who are, you know, wondering when we're going to talk about Reggio. I'm trying to mm-hmm. not. I can. I'll yeah, yeah. That. That's <laughs> partly because I'm, you know, I know just enough to sound like an idiot. For people who know mm-hmm. about Reggio, but also it was really like, so where am I coming from with it? Because well, I, I use documentation. Well, and I think documentation has actually become an adopted practice sure. across. I mean, if you look at right. AC development, the appropriate practice yep. and assessment guidelines, it's right. become um, it's it's part of the canon of good of good teaching. Sure. Yeah, right. and I definitely come from a background following like Lillian Katz, yeah, Judy Harris Helm. Um, I'm spacing on the other person. Project approach. Sure. Or, you yep. know, Lillian Katz started using that phrase. So I think of documentation from a little bit more that mm-hmm. perspective, which yeah. does tend to show more like learning domains in some mm-hmm. way. It's a more American, mm-hmm. you know, version of it. Well, I think that's where documentation is, depending on which, I guess, kind of team you're looking at and right. how they're defining it. But with what I see or where I see documentation going now is it is, is a product. Right. It's supposed to be showing the process, but now it's just, here's the thing to see, see, we did it. It's kind of like, to right. me, it feels like mm-hmm. having to show your work, It going back to the high school examples, going to the high school math class and saying, well, show me your work to how you got this answer. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is importance with that to be able to go back to say, well, I know this is the process I got it, but someone who... Uh, enjoyed math and liked doing math. It's like, but I just did it. Like, what's the problem? Because, uh-huh. and I think there was that sense of probably some egocentrism of like, yeah, but I know it. So why do I have to show right. you again? I can tell yeah, you what right. it is well, by just, I did the work, but then being able to step back and having somebody look at it objectively and go, yeah, but how did you do it? Because now, as someone who is training student teachers previously and working with children, the idea that in order for you to really know this, if you can explain it, then it goes to a deeper level rather than just memorizing, mm-hmm. regurgitating for the test, and then purging the tank. Now, like as we do with our episodes here, when you write that article to talk it through, to write out ideas, if we're going to have a presentation at a conference, we really have to know what we're talking about right. in order for it to be effective and not just be 
the reading the recipe card of do these things, do these things. So in things. a way, uh, tell me if, if I'm getting this right. Yeah. Because in a way, documentation is trying to get away from that idea that it's we're not product-based. We're not right. trying to give the, the cute picture to the parents. We're trying to show them the things right. the kid did. And the final product, it might not be obvious right. to someone who doesn't know child development or something. So the documentation mm-hmm. is showing that. Mm-hmm. But then there is that fear, right, that the documentation might become the product and teachers are so focused on making the yes. documentation. Yes. Yep. Well, and that's where you're, uh, it's an interesting idea to say that learning is performance. And maybe when you're talking about older kids, that means something different, but you know, the word yeah. performance to me brings up kind of an artificiality. Right. And you do yeah. to then to pick up on what Ross is saying, where you're kind of getting product oriented. We as teachers, we are the curators of what gets mm-hmm. shown to people mm-hmm. about our work, and that that you know nobody wants to show their worst side to the, to the world. That's normal, but but I do think then mm. through that curation, you know, you are right. picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm, I'm you know I'm going to show this especially wonderful example, and of course, again, why wouldn't you? But there is there is some editing, and there is a little bit of polishing sure. that happens mm-hmm. because. The, the kind of messy side is, is harder to explain. Yeah. And that's an interesting one. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't, well, I, we, we don't really want to show that, but, it, and then I, I struggle with it's, it's also becoming a mainstream practice in early childhood or maybe in older ages too, alongside Instagram, social media. Mm-hmm. And so then that is shaping Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. having trouble putting it into words, but it is shaping my decision making as a teacher. Because you only see the good. Are you saying? Am I following well, you right, Joy? Where you're like with with this kind of social media culture, you're you're not seeing the mess. Well, because I know I, I I do. I'll I'll talk about. I do share a lot of images with my families because I do mm-hmm. think it's a way to to quickly show what's happening. And yep. again, pictures do speak a thousand words. I could describe <clears throat> where I went outside, but I could show you this picture and see, you could see how deep the puddle was. You can da da da, whatever it might be. Yeah. But I know I'm showing it. And just mm-hmm. by knowing that you're sure. going to share something, you're going to want it to, you you're know. You're not going to take the picture of the kid who cried when they got right. the muddy water splashed right. on them. Right, right. You're going to show Even the though there's a lot to learn from yeah, that. Yeah. There's a ton right. to learn from that. Right. And I might take that one but not share it. Mm-hmm. But the, the the knowledge that it's getting shared with an audience who maybe doesn't, maybe I don't have the time to explain everything. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's going to be a quicker share right. through other outlets, not not mm-hmm. sitting down one-to-one with people. It 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 shapes what you, what you yeah. do. Absolutely. And on the other hand, like I think of part of... Our jobs as teachers, supervisors, directors, et cetera, is to make parents feel good about their children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in a way, I would want to at least ask that question. If I showed the picture of their child crying, right. getting splashed, are they going to feel good about it? Now, if you had a longer amount of time to talk about how she recovered from that and actually helped her right. you know, get more confidence in the, in the long run, more resilience. Right, right, you know? right. That's one thing, but you don't want to have that quick two-minute conversation and the photo they see. Because that's the thing that surprised me. I don't know if I'm on the spectrum here or what, or if, or maybe I'm just like, I was raised a guy in this culture, but mm-hmm. I would show parents pictures. and like, look at this. And they'd look, and the first thing they look at is the child's face. And is the child smiling? And is this a photo they would send to grandma? Is this, you know? Yeah. And it was sort of like... Oh, what happened? You know, like they look like they're a mess. There's dirt on their face. And to me, I'm looking at 
no, look at the the mud castle they built or something. And it didn't occur to me. And that's where like the importance of captions, especially when you're with the parent, let alone someone who doesn't necessarily know child development, but someone who's like wanting to see, especially now, it's probably even more so with Instagram, Facebook, you know, like that idea of like, well, I wouldn't share this photo with other people. It's my child and they look like they're a mess. Mm -hmm. And so that is a valid thing to keep in mind that what what you're sharing but it's still worth the documentation of reflecting as a teacher right so there's both things are right, happening right yeah, the, and yeah there's different exactly. audiences i might different... take that picture for myself to remember something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. At, or to share with a colleague anyway yeah. I, 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 there's a layer there there's a layer and i think it's something that we need we just it's easy to either lose track of or not be aware of that and i think your point joey of the kind of presence of social media and that we know that young people are struggling with this that if you just keep scrolling all you're seeing is the beautiful great right. great few destination vacations right here's my makeup thing here's my you know and they're thinking uh, my all, life isn't like this right. right yeah and nobody's life is like that right. because you're getting just the snippets and you might be seeing just right. only and the no highlights. classroom is like that exactly but then we <clears throat> right. could possibly be presenting Oh, 100% amazing learning opportunities and, you know, happy yeah. kids everywhere. And I mean, and these things happen and we right. are excited to share them, but. And they're going to get more, like people are going to look at them more. Yeah. Like you don't go on Pinterest and look for biggest classroom messes. Oh man, we should start that. I know. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what we really We, we had a, back at the lab school. We but then they're for ch- comedy, right? It's like the fails. Well, like, right. But, yeah. we, go on. but we had that, we were going to have preschool pockets where you just like, teachers empty their pockets <laughs> oh, and it's like, here's all the junk idea. that you go through. Here's but I think, I think there's something to that because the mess is a necessity of learning. Uh-huh. And it's something that I'm actually thinking about trying to, you know, have a presentation on in an upcoming conference in the winter is, talking about embracing the mess mm-hmm. and yeah. how that is the learning. And so going back to that idea of, you know, documentation, as you were saying, you kind of, you were asking Mike if I was on the right track. Yes. I think it is now become the product for the mm-hmm. teacher to say, right. see, I did these things almost like a validation of like, yeah, I yeah. did good teaching because I have this right. documentation Versus to what show are right. the children doing. Yes. Right. And so I think we've pulled back. Yeah. And so we could do it that way. Where now it's be the recipe card. If you want to do this, you need this amount of this. You need this amount of this. You need to let it sit for this time. So like it's mm-hmm. going through the recipe card. Yeah. But if we were one of my favorite cookbook series is the American Test Kitchen because like we did this over a hundred times making right. making grilled cheese. Here's what we found to be the best for us. Right. But try it. Try any of these versions yeah, yeah. because without having it be this million page tome of right. all every single experiment they've done but they're telling you we've done a lot of these things and by doing a lot of these things we've now found the best way to make coffee right. or the most effective way to have it be blah 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 mm-hmm. right but i think the same is true for teaching whereas if we were to say here's the you want to see my classroom when the children go outside and how one of us has to stay inside to right. completely like overhaul yeah, yeah. it that's the reality because I think when we see the beautiful pictures at conferences yeah, yeah. about documentation, about about environments, yeah, yeah. about this, you see it not in the throes. Right. And right. I was I was taught in in my documentation process, there really should never be a point where you have the children smiling, standing, holding oh, right, their thing. Right. Yep. Because that doesn't tell you the story. Yeah. But when they are knee deep in that puddle looking down and you maybe catch it just right with the puddle exploding back yeah, up. Yeah. 
yeah, there's going to be a story there that mm-hmm. people can start to infer, mm-hmm. but you might add that caption of, you know, right. discovering the, you know, movement of, you know, yeah, I think that's where the water. captions can really help because <clears throat> yeah, different audiences right. are going to need that to understand why did you think that was important? Right. And there's certainly a value to other teachers sort of showing your documentation without the captions and letting them figure out why did you yeah. do this? But for parents or for um, well, whatever, for kids to see their own or work, the kids. I mean, you just you just said audiences. Yeah, and yeah. The other thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. I, br- I brought up the parent audience because I think that's where yeah, yeah. we, we as teachers feel the most mm-hmm. um, evaluated by that. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The most responsible. The yeah. most yeah. you know, parents and administrators. That's who's keeping us in our work. Right. Um, we want that group of people to be well. And happy. to be honest, the for child development that parent feeling yes. good about their child is a very bonding good goal. with their child. It's yes. a very good goal. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm, yeah. Yes, I don't mean to say No, no, no. <laughs> so cynical about it. But, you know, but kids, you know, another thing that documentation can be for is kids to see their own work. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was all the way up there. Right. I didn't know I did that. Or yeah. I know Tom has talked about, oh, I want to do that again. Can you get that picture out? Because I don't remember mm-hmm. yeah. how I built that or how, how, how did I have to climb to reach yeah, that yeah. thing the other day or whatever it might yeah. be. So, you know, there are multiple audiences yep i think yeah i think that, that that's definitely important that's for as well mm-hmm. yeah well then going back to what's the point of documentation mm-hmm. why are we doing it right who's it really for if it is for you the teacher to say look look how good i am look how you know that's you're okay that's a place to start let's put it that right. way it's not a we've we've all kind of kind of walk take the you know the, right right work our way up the the reflective practice ladder right and but well, really, you've been to you've been to sessions with colleagues where they say here's what happened and they eliminate the right all uh, the... And then, you know storytelling needs to be concise yeah yeah you know but you you're like <laughs> does oh, it that's kind of what happened right or that's what ha- you know and, and that doesn't get back to we have keep coming to the theme of the teacher right to worry about is the one who thinks that they they are perfect or they don't right. have anything new to learn right and documentation if they're showing here's the perfect thing see i can do this mm-hmm. and it's like they're glossing over the other right. things too well and to go back to ross's idea about product like also to think you know so like i'm again i'm trying to channel tom as much as possible mm-hmm. um he would talk about like well i just showed he had a video example yeah. of some kids who did like are that kind of robust kind of grappling play fight right. the ball or whatever that game was called years ago and as i recall he just showed it to the parents. It was like, well, what do you think? Yeah. You know, because he didn't know. Right. He was he reflecting with a, the parents. Right. He didn't have yeah. a, I think this happened. Right. Right. Or I know exactly that this is good or exactly that this right. is bad. He just said, wow, what do you, what do you think about this vigorous play yeah. that your kids were just engaged in? And, and, and right. with a question, not with yeah. a. And I do think one thing with his program, because it is a family yes. education. So yes. there's a family educator as yes. well as. Uh, the child yes. educator, so yes. that there is a certain trust and a certain, mm-hmm. oh, look at this. Because if it's that family that you, you know, the nanny drops off right. and picks up and you see the parents like once every three weeks and you say, hey, look at your, look at this physical play your child's doing and they don't have the trust with mm-hmm. you. They're going to be like, what is going on in your room? Right. Yeah. Versus, oh, wow. He looks like he's that's, having so much fun. That's the game. Because without the trust... About. Right. They they can't do that. I want to read a quote. So when I was talking to this guy, there's another person there. And um, she comes from more of a Reggio background. And, and she just sort of said, because she, I think, did said the same thing as you. But the way she said it was, documentation is a way of being. 
it is more about intention and reflection. Mm -hmm. So her point was, it's not about the finished product for right. the documentation. Right. And I was, I just thought that was a really interesting mm -hmm. and succinct. Like if I could write that succinctly, I'd have this article done. But <laughs> right. But I think that it is. It that's kind of the essence of what I was trying to get to is yeah. that it and that your your documentation might not be a finished product. You might be like, well, I thought it was going to go this way, but then I went this way, and we went mm -hmm. on a totally yeah. different topic. Right. But I think there's that feeling of, but I didn't get the thing. That we were supposed right, to do. Right, you were hoping do. to get this photo. I didn't or... reach the, the end of that, yeah, you know, that unit or that we didn't make that thing yeah. at the end. And I think if we're again, if you step back to it being about a process right. and, a, and a journey, mm -hmm. that you're you're never going to stop asking questions. And mm -hmm. really, when you get to something, what do you think might be a finished product? Well, then it's going to bring up a new question and a new avenue to dis right. to discover and explore. Yep. And I was just, it made me think back to one of my, my ninth grade English teacher who, when he, the first day talked about it, we were going to write our own tests in yeah. this class. And I was like, yeah, we're for sure going to get all the right answers. And what he meant was you had to, in his phrase was you had to show what you know. Right. So we would write, you know, Venn diagrams comparing two different book characters and we would bring him up to him and he'd say, that's, you know, you have eight answers. That's probably, you know, that's about a B if you want. Do you want to stay there? If uh, you yeah, want an yeah, A, right, right. Give, me, give me four more. Two on each side if you can. Yeah, yeah. And then we're good. And so, right. It, but it, the, now the process wasn't like, can you get this final? It wasn't the final product. It was, how much do you really know? But the, de the tests also were over two or three days. Mm -hmm. So he would let us go home and then read jokes on us we were actually gaining more information right. because we had to go back and find it yeah and i think he he just my brother was, i remember he went in college for art history yeah. of all things but they were allowed to do the test like twice in a sense you did mm -hmm. the test you got marked where things were wrong and then you were allowed to bring it back the next day with the right answers right because the person was like if you're going to go and look up this again and you know this was right pre-internet too so you know you really had to like go back, look through the books, find this yeah. out. It's about reflection. It was a reflection and it was what his biggest goal was, do we actually know this information? Right. And can we use it rather than are we Apply just it. memorizing it and dumping it for that 60 minute wow. class that yeah. we had? So we took 120 to 180 minutes to do the to do the, tan the test. But then a lot of us could speak more to different characters. Sure. Yeah. And to who they were and what the process of or what was the story really the story right. arc really about rather than filling in a b c or d so i think that was a great yeah. it was a great thing so i guess the thing i'd want to sort of wrap up with and i think it ties into a lot of this is that documentation isn't a finished product in and of itself either right um even though it, it's a, a photograph of a place and time right but that doesn't mean that things don't continue. Like if a child, anything that's worth a child learning mm -hmm. or doing is going to be worth doing again. And it'll be differently because it'll be based on past experience. So documentation is just capturing something along a line that's going to keep moving. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. And then the way it's displayed or what you choose to show, you know, the curatorial process is going to depend what you have for children to see. Mm -hmm. might be different or in a different format even than the parents mm -hmm. and then for yourself or your teaching team mm -hmm. that there are reasons for all the different things but for the children the main idea probably is get them to learn from that past experience maybe think of things they didn't until they reflected on it mm -hmm. 
and um, with the parents, it's about feeling good where their child's at and kind of getting, oh, this is who my child is right now, especially in this social environment that mm -hmm. I don't get to see because mm -hmm. at home right. it's just me and the little one, you know? Yeah. So, and especially in the preschool years where it's so different. Infants and toddlers, a lot of times the parents know exactly what you're talking about. Like, you know, not totally, but they kind of know. But in preschool, it's suddenly like, what? He he plays with other kids <laughs> or mm -hmm. he, right. he hits kids or, you know, whatever right. the whatever direction it ends up being, they tend mm -hmm. to not know because they don't see it in a, the the social environment mm -hmm. really makes a huge difference. So the way you document to parents is going to be different. And then the way you document to the teaching, it should be yeah. about reflecting on your you know reflective practice. And we talk a lot about that. And especially our workshops, we do a lot of that part. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and then it might be for administrators as well mm -hmm. in a different way. Absolutely. Or, you know, so having said all that, it was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it had. A, I mean, it's worth. I think it was a really good discussion. Yeah, I think so. And then Tom, we'll have to have Tom respond at he's some got, point. He's got, he's got he's, a lot of homework. He's got, he's got a lot of homework. <laughs> this is one I want him to talk about, though, because he's good at showing the messy part of documentation. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh -huh. so. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.